Welcome to the MSD Animal Health Podcast. On this podcast, we interview people working across the agricultural industry to bring you the latest disease information, insights into our technology solutions, and discuss relevant industry topics. Welcome to the MSD Animal Health Podcast. This is the third episode of our Total Calf Health Solutions podcast series. My name is Emma Gilson and I'm Ruminant Product Manager with MSD Animal Health. And I'm here today with Eamon O'Connell, a vet in Summerhill Veterinary Practice here in Nina, County Tipperary. Eamon, would you like to introduce yourself? Can I, yeah. Hi, um, Eamon O'Connell is my name. As I said, I'm a partner in Summerhill Vets in Nina, County Tip. We're a nine vet mixed practice, predominantly dairy work, but a lot of calf rearing and um, contract rearing involved as well. Perfect. And our podcast today is on coccidiosis. So Eamon, how common is coccidiosis when you're out and about? How often are you seeing it come up? Um, it's a lot more common than people realise, Emma, I think. Um, we see an awful lot of scour outbreaks in both younger calves and in older calves out of grass. And without diagnostics, we're sort of putting it down to incidental things. But when we get, get into diagnostics and we drill down into it, we find coccidiosis is a play quite a bit more than a lot of people think. Coccidiosis is a parasite, as we know. How does it occur or what is the cycle there of coccidiosis? Well, it sits in the environment, Emma. The one thing about coccidiosis is just how persistent that it is. It can survive, in particular, from one year to another in the right conditions. So some are wet, some are dirty, bit of moisture, some heat. It'll survive and it'll sit there nice and cosy until the next year when there's calves in that environment and suddenly it starts to arrive into the system again. Um, you've got a cycle then that where we really don't see any clinical signs in calves up to kind of three weeks of age, but they're already getting infected at a younger age. So realistically, this time of year, it's, it's sitting there ready to take hold in an awful lot of farms that we don't really know that's there already. Yeah, and in terms of the symptoms then, like obviously if it's sitting there in the environment and animals are becoming exposed to it what are kind of the the common symptoms you'd see of coccidiosis well the common one that we're all really familiar with is the calf with what we'd say is blood scour so he's dirty and bloody behind like starting to lose weight quite sick they'll force and they'll raise their tail head a good bit because they're really uncomfortable they're the real obvious ones but the thing about coccidiosis is the obvious coccidiosis calf is very easy to see very easy to recognise. It's the subclinical ones that we are most concerned with where they have a reduced daily live weight gain. They can just slowly but surely start to lose condition. They might be a little bit scour but not too bad. Those are the ones we'd be most concerned about. As I said, the obvious blood scour as we would call it is really easy to see. It's the subclinical under the radar calves that we'd be most concerned about. Yeah. And you mentioned there that you've seen it as well in older animals. Yeah. Um, when does it typically occur? Like what age, even for sheep as well? I know coccidiosis is common in uh, sheep as well. When would you typically see it in calves or lambs? Well, we kind of have um, two separate groups. In in calves and lambs, we'd often see it kind of three to four weeks of age, often associated with a stressor, either bad weather or something like dehorning. Um, and the second time we'll see it then is when those animals go to grass. Kind of two to three weeks after turnout, you'll often see coccidiosis out there. And it can start getting confused with other diseases when it's out of grass. Um, so it's important to kind of keep an eye, get the diagnostics done and, and figure out that it just might be coccidiosis that's causing problems. I suppose if a farmer was concerned that they might have coccidiosis in their housing or, or after turnout, what would your advice be for that farmer? The faecal samples are vitally important. Like you cannot, you cannot stress enough just how important faecal sampling is. 
regular fecal sampling and correct timing of fecal sampling and correct method of fecal sampling, I suppose, too. And I, you could go down a rabbit hole with that. But re- realistically, the fecal samples are the most important. If you think if, if you think there's an issue, either you think it's coccidiosis or you might think it's something else. If your calves are scoured or they're losing body weight or they're not thriving as well as they are, some fecal samples will point you in the, re- in the right direction very, very quickly. And in, in terms of the impact then, Eamon, of a coccidiosis outbreak, like you mentioned, a blood in the scour there. So that's obviously an indication of some sort of intestinal damage. Um, in terms of the impacts then, the long term or the short term impacts, what impact can coccidiosis have? Well, it has a massive impact, Emma, because it affects the lining of their intestine and their ability to absorb nutrients, to absorb minerals to get maximum benefit from their feed. So if you think a calf gets coccidiosis, you get him over it and he's recovering, he still doesn't have the same ability to absorb everything he needs to absorb from his feed that a normal healthy calf would. So all of a sudden, you've got a calf that's three, four weeks old that's recovered, but there's a concern all of now that will it make its target weight in a year's time for bullying if it's a Frisian heifer? Or will it make target weights as regards getting fit for the factory in a year and a half's time? Um, it's a huge concern. There could be subclinical coccidiosis there, would you say? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of farmers would be, you'd look at a group of calves, let's say, and you'll say, right, okay, there's a good few of these are thriving fine. There's a couple of stragglers and you just put it down to, ah, they're just a couple of stragglers. But a lot of the time, if you get in there, get a faecal sample off some of those stragglers, you'll find out there could be some subclinical coccidiosis at play. And treating them could be the difference between them making target weights and staying in the herd or making you money versus not. Yeah, and then reaching, obviously, target weights, finishing weights, pre-breeding, heifers reaching their target pre-breeding weight. Um, it all has an impact on that as well. Coccidiosis. It's a very narrow window when you think about it. I mean, we're asking heifers that are born today to reach target weight in pretty much 14, 15 months' time. There's no real room for setback, and we're asking them to calve down in 24 months from today, pretty much. So your Frisian heifer calves that you're looking at in the pen today that are a week old, you're asking them to calve down into your herd in 24 months' time. There's little or no margin for error. So coccidiosis is the error that will be the difference between them staying in the herd and not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to go back to the, the cycle, Eamon, you mentioned it's really infectious. Like, Why, why is coccidiosis so infectious? Well, I suppose the first thing is its ability to survive. That's the big thing, is that it'll stay in the environment, as we said earlier, and it'll sit there for well over a year, waiting to infect again. The other thing that happens is when a calf gets infected with coccidiosis and starts to have scour or diarrhea, it shed in huge quantities into the environment. So then you're suddenly starting to look at indoors where there's any dirt, there's a potential for infection. So your calf feeders, your straw, your bedding, your cleanliness and hygiene is vital when it comes to coccidiosis the more dirt there is the more likely you are to help the infection to spread and for more calves to get infected and similarly then when you go outdoors out into the field you've got to think about the places where coccidiosis will survive and where calves can pick it up so around water troughs would be the big one and around meal troughs as well in the field i mean it's okay at the moment but let's say the weather gets wet you've got ground getting mucked up you want to keep your meal trucks moved around just so that the wetness underfoot doesn't become a harbour for coccidiosis. And similarly, the water trucks, I mean, they're every second one we see has a little bit of a leak and there's a puddle of water around it. Like if you can get that dry and you can get it raised up so that the calves aren't standing in, in muck where there's going to be coccidiosis waiting to infect them when they go back out into a dry place again. 
like you mentioned there, Eamon, like it's everywhere. So animals are susceptible indoors. They can be susceptible outdoors. And there's a difference in the species as well, isn't there? In the Ameria species, they're not the same. They can be loads of different types. Yep. Oh, they can, yeah. I suppose you have to be conscious when we talk about how infectious it is, just how transmissible it is. When you say it's everywhere, I mean, you have quite a high possibility of bringing this on your pull-ups, on your wellies, somebody coming in to visit the farm. And the fact that it survives so well and the fact that it's so transmissible, I mean, you have to look at every avenue that it can gain entrance to your herd to try and stop it from getting in there. So we talked lots there, aiming around the disease, um, how infectious it is, how prevalent it is. Um, in terms of controlling coccidiosis, there's obviously no one size fits all. What would your advice there be to farmers who have historic issues with coccidiosis on their farm? As you said, Emma, no one size fits all. So every farm is different, even though we think all farms are very similar. Every farm is different. You have to go down to start at the very, very basics to say, right, how am I going to get this under control? If you have historic problems on your farm with coccidiosis, we need to sit down before things get hectic. And I know they're already hectic, but we really need to have a look at it now and say, okay, where has this come from? Is there particular points, pressure points on farm that we can recognise as where coccidiosis is gaining a foothold and starting to infect? So be that, is there a pressure point as regards our young calves coming from single pens to group pens? Is there a pressure point when they get turned out of grass onto paddocks where there was previously coccidiosis before? I mean, if we can identify these pressure points and either avoid them or come up with a plan to lessen the issues with them, we can make a good stab at at least getting coccidiosis under some sort of control. Yeah. And MSD has a product for coxin. Its active ingredient is diclasural and it's seen as a preventative rather than a treatment against coccidiosis as well. What would your advice be there for farmers who, who want to use this product to, to prevent coccidiosis where they have that historic incidences of coccidiosis on their farm? Yeah, I think it's very important to recognise the benefits of ecoxin when it comes to preventative. So, I mean, there's lots and lots of products on the market and I mean, you can talk to your vet and all your vets will give you pretty similar advice when it comes to prevention as regards using Vicoxin. You can kind of look at, start to trying to break the life cycles where we really would use it. So we look at around the three weeks of age in a lot of farms is a pressure point. You're coming to things that, you're coming to stress points where the cow's immunity is worn off, the calf is trying to make its own and it's under pressure for lots of different reasons. It could be housing, it could be dehorning. We try and get in there around around those pressure points at three, three and a half weeks, especially if there's a historic issue with coccidiosis coming to the head at that stage and getting in there with a treatment. Um, similarly, again, then when they go out to pasture, we kind of look at two, two and a half weeks after turnout and a lot of farms seems to be an issue. So again, we're trying to break the life cycle. We're not trying to just clean the whole thing out. We're aiming at getting a little bit of immunity to build up, then getting your Vicoxin in. So the calf has his own immunity and the product is helps then to kill off what the calf isn't able to deal with. Yeah, so it's it's a balancing act really yeah. between the exposure um, to the parasite and allowing the calf to develop their own natural immunity. There is a lot of conversations recently around parasite control, especially warming and the correct use of warmers and stuff. And we're all starting to realise now that a certain level of own made immunity is very, very important because we've seen issues with warmers that have been overused where animals don't have their own immunity built up. And that leads to problems down the line. Vicoxin is trying to do something similar where it's letting them 
have their own little bit of immunity built up their own system is making and there's, look there's nothing better than your own immunity if you can manage it so as you say it's a balancing act but definitely some of your own made immunity is quite important yeah, and there's even research to show that animals that have been treated with a diclasural based product over time have greater average daily gain because it is allowing them to build up their own natural immunity rather than going in and just wiping everything out um, and completely cleaning it out so they just don't have the chance to develop that natural immunity. Yeah, yeah. and look, what, what we find quite useful for the product is the fact that you're not limited. I mean, it's, it's any age, any weight, indoors or outdoors it does make a difference um, we've had instances in the past where there's lots of products out there that are marketed as treating coccidiosis but I think from the point of view of again as we said your own immunity and the balancing act between it and the fact that you can use it indoors outdoors over 80 kilos under 80 kilos it's irrelevant with Ficoxin and that makes it a very very useful product because it gives you a bit of flexibility that others don't Exactly. Yeah, that flexibility is what farmers need. And you mentioned stressful periods of times for the animals, um, like let's say around dehorning and weaning, where farmers maybe don't have historic issues with coccidiosis, but that stressful time is affecting their immunity, which could open the doors, I suppose, for a coccidiosis outbreak. What would your advice be there for those farmers? Well, in a lot of farms we have that are spring-based calving, at this time of year, in February, we don't have a lot of problems. There's no major stress in the system. The thing is just starting to build up. It's usually, a lot of will say, oh, from Paddy's Day onwards, you can start getting worried about stress or worried about sickness. But the main reason for that is the stress levels build up to then. So there's more and more calves in the house. So your facilities are under pressure. Your temperatures are increasing. Your probably cows next door are under pressure too. And then you introduce something like dehorning into the mix. It's the perfect storm for the likes of coccidiosis to just take hold. So we would advise people that when they're going about dehorning, ideally get your fecoxin treatment in so that you have the immunity there and you have the treatment in before the stressor arrives. So at least then you're doing as best you can not to let the stress overload the system for coccidiosis to take hold. Yeah, absolutely. And another, I suppose, scenario on farms or particularly on calf to beef farms at the moment, they could be buying in calves. What would your advice be for them there in terms of coccidiosis control? Well, I know this year in particular, talking to a lot of our calf to beef guys, um, the calves they're buying in tend to be that little bit older. Before you were buying in calves at 10 days old, 14 days old. So you were buying in a real baby calf. Now you're starting to see guys buying in calves three weeks old, four weeks old. You have to just make the presumption that the combination of stress and their age means they're arriving on farm with coccidiosis in their system. You, you can't afford not to make that presumption because even if you're buying them from farm to farm, the stress of movement alone, I know we've seen last year in particular, one guy bought calves from, from a farm, transported them on a wet, windy day, the calves were stressed. That's enough of stress for a little calf. So you can do, look, as we said earlier on, every farm is different. Some people will treat them on arrival. Some people will give them a day or two in quarantine to settle down and then treat them. Either either once they're separate from the other calves until they are treated and have gotten over the first couple of days of, of arriving on farm from a complete disease prevention point of view, from a pneumonia, all that. But in particular, when we're talking about coccidiosis, I think you've got to presume that any calf that arrives on farm that's three weeks or three weeks plus is going to have the potential to pick up coccidiosis. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a no-brainer to treat these calves rather than see what happens. Yeah, yeah. 
it's just that bit of security there that those calves are immediately protected. Just to go back again, Eamon, on one point you mentioned around the subclinical cases of coccidiosis and those that you don't see. So I suppose in those situations, it is so important to treat the whole group as well, not just the animals that you might see those clinical signs. Oh, 100%. I think if you go to a group of calves and you start trying to treat individuals with clinical signs I think you end up getting dizzy you're just chasing calves around you've got one guy marked today another one picks it up tomorrow and you run the risk of eventually everything in the pen having clinical coccidiosis if you just don't get in and wipe it so you can get in at the start if you have one or two calves with clinical signs you really have to treat the whole group um it it will be completely beneficial in the long run it's a stopgap and it also stops you trying to find which one was sick and which one did I treat and I wonder is he better or not at least if the whole group is treated well you've got a day and a date in the calendar that you go I treated all these and you can follow on from there yeah absolutely so Eamon we've gone through so much there in the last 15 to 20 Mm. minutes if you could maybe summarise it in three points for our listeners what would those be? so the most important take home message number one would be the use of diagnostics we see a lot of people make the mistake of of presuming that a scour outbreak is something that it's not. So outdoors, you just presume it's either worms, or you presume it's par- or you presume it's summer scour syndrome. Indoors, you kind of go, oh, I wonder is it just nutritional? Take some fecal samples, get them analysed. Your vet will turn them over very very quickly, and at least if you have an answer, and let's just say it's coccidiosis, you can formulate a plan to sort that out rather than shooting in the dark. The second take home message then would be using the correct time of treatment. Um, Again, when you look at calves indoors, you're talking about just over three weeks old, trying to think about when a period of stress is going to arrive and try and time your treatment around that. And similarly, outdoors, to time your treatment two, two and a half weeks after turnout. I know historically we've come across a lot of farmers that have given Vicoxin a turnout because it's handy and then realise they've got an outbreak of coccidiosis scour two, three weeks post-turnout realistically the the dose of turnout just isn't at the correct time so it can't be expected to do what you want it to do so correct timing is vitally important so you're talking about three weeks plus at a stressor indoors and two two and a half weeks post turnout outdoors then and then i suppose the last point and it's a very important one is with regard to timing of treatment on farms that have had historical issues with coccidiosis so let's just say last year or the year before you saw it at dehorning you saw it at a particular time of year or a particular shed um, I think it's useful to have a note of that and try and prevent it this year at aiming at a similar time. So again, last year, if you had it at dehorning, don't wait this year. Like it's more than likely going to happen again. Let's go in at the same time and get our treatment right at the right time. And then I suppose the last take home point as regards prevention of coccidiosis would be to emphasize just how important the multifactorial element of it is. It's not just down to using a product there's so much more around it that has to be done from a management point of view. As we said earlier on, hygiene is vital um, around your calf pens in particular, and especially around your feeding equipment, your buckets, your calf feeders. I mean, at least once a day cleaning and proper cleaning. Um, we were chatting earlier and we just said you wouldn't eat your cornflakes out of the same bowl without washing it for a week. I think it has to be, has to be washed every day at a minimum. Similarly, recognising the pressure points and trying to avoid those from a management point of view. Like if you're getting coccidiosis when you're bringing cast some single pens across to group pens, trying to manage that in a way where there's not overcrowding, the beds are nice and dry, there's good dry straw in there, there's lots of space, the cows don't get stressed out. Um, even down to the fact that you're coming from somewhere else and you're coming back with your pull-ups and your wellies to have d- 
to dip and disinfectant at the gate so that you're not bringing it from somewhere into your own farm. There's just so many other elements other than the use of a dose to prevent coccidiosis from gaining a foothold in your farm. Thanks very much, Eamon. We'll leave it at that. Thanks so much for joining us and best of luck with the rest of the spring. Yeah, hopefully it's nice and quiet. Yeah. <laughs>